Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Football is football, no matter where you play it. You got grass, you got cleats, and you got helmets with masks on them. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. You know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, so, you know, we're going to keep hammering at it. And internally, you know, we, we know what we need to do, and we know uh, the improvements we need to make. And, and, you know, we're surely about to go out there and do that right now. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort, 4,000% of the time. Emanating live from the downtown studios of WGN Radio. The best way to learn how to play this game is to play this game. The WGN Radio Football Podcast. We got to control this week and state in the obvious coach talk. That's real. And then let's get week two and see how that goes here at home in front of our fans. Here's your host, Kevin Powell. With all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour. So the trendy thing to do this week was to go on a Justin Fields rant. Everywhere I looked, everything I listened to, it was people hollering about Justin Fields and how we should start week two, and that's a slam dunk. Without question, he should be the Bears QB1. Do I think that's the case? I'm kind of okay with the Bears plan right now. I really am. I do think Justin Fields is going to get a lot more than five snaps like he did in the season opener. I'm Kevin Powell. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast, episode number three, previewing the Bears-Bengals game Sunday afternoon at Soldier Field. Lou Canellis from Fox 32 joins me on this podcast. Lou brings a lot of really great perspective on the quarterback situation and gives his thoughts on where the Bears' offense is at, the defense, and uh, we'll get his prediction for Sunday's game against the Bengals. I do want to get to some audio from Matt Nagy throughout this week at Hallis Hall. He was asked about the the value and, and the way they're using Justin Fields and says he can be a chess piece. I think he provides a lot of value now that we're here at this point and we're not in training camp and the, you know, the guessing game or whatever. Uh, and inevitably what it does is it, it makes um, when when you have a guy like Justin teams when they see that now they got to prepare in certain ways for certain things things they may think of or not think of so it just uh, can can help us that way too the big question for me with the way the Bears are handling Justin Fields is like again and I've said this now on I think all ep- all three episodes like what exactly are the Bears trying to do this season is it to be a contender and compete for the playoffs? Is it all about Justin Fields? Are you trying to develop Justin Fields separately? like, Or is he a piece of this offense? How are they approaching all of that? It, it would be, in that instance, more of strategic for the game. Um, but at the same time, you want to make sure you want to try to help him too by getting some some of those snaps, you know? And, and But that's where I think, Jason, you got to be to a point where you got to be careful with the success or failure that you have with those plays because if you if you if you put them in and it's one play um depending on how it goes you know you, you don't want multiple plays of it not being good because then that can mess with their the, with the mentality of it uh if you have positive plays right and you have a touchdown run like he had and it helps the team then those are good because it's their building box for him to get under the lights which we've all talked about, he's played on big stages for sure in Ohio State and across, you know, in his career. But it is different when you're in the NFL, and so you get a little bit of that, and you take those first snaps. It helps you out. So I think there's growth for him on the side with it, but I also think it certainly helps out our offense. So the plan is 
play Justin Fields to develop him, give him opportunities in the right spot, while also having him be a key factor into the offense. That seems to be what the plan is from Matt Nagy and this offense. The lack of explosive plays in the season-opening loss to the Rams was apparent. It's been talked about at length. The longest pass attempt from Andy Dalton was 16 yards. Now, you know, they talked about it this week. That was sort of the game plan, which was get the ball out of Andy Dalton's hands quickly to avoid the pass rush of the Rams while hoping the receivers, tight ends, running backs can catch the ball, create some space, make some big plays that way. That didn't work out. The Rams were able to contain the Bears' pass game. I do think they're going to have more opportunities to take shots down the field, and the Bears think they will have those opportunities. Here's Bears tight end Jimmy Graham. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, they play a lot of man, you know, and, and uh, you know, they – uh, they come down and they press you. So, you know, you got to win your one-on matchups and, and you know, um, um, create these windows for yourself. You know, unlike last week, which was a lot of zone, um, you know, a lot of guys sitting on stuff just ready to crash down. So, um, you know, we got to be ready for that and, and be prepared for that mix-up and zone as well. More on the Bears' offense, the quarterback situation coming up with Lou Canellis from Fox 32. But first, let's get to news and nuggets. News and nuggets. Well, we'll start with the Bears' injury reports. Nose tackle Eddie Goldman likely going to miss a second straight game to start the season. He's dealing with a knee injury, did not participate in practice on Friday. This after he was limited earlier in the week, and then uh, the last two practices of the week uh, did not participate. So it's not looking good for Eddie Goldman playing Sunday. The Bears have officially ruled out offensive tackle Larry Borum. He's dealing with that left ankle injury suffered in the week one loss to the Rams. Jason Peters is questionable. He's been limited in all three practices this week with a quad injury. I would anticipate he'll be playing Sunday. We'll see uh, how that shakes out, but uh, hopefully he can go on Sunday. And Sunday is going to be a hot one. The WGN weather forecast has it uh, high of 85, mostly sunny, warmer, and more humid. So a hot one on the lakefront Sunday. The Bears facing the Bengals for the first time since 2017. That was a Bears 33-7 victory in Cincinnati. Bears are 67-30-4 all-time in home openers. It's the most victories of any franchise in home openers. And, of course, Andy Dalton facing his former team for the second time. He's starting... Uh, started in Cincinnati for the Cowboys last December. Dallas beat Cincy 30-7 to in that game. Dalton went 16 for 23, 185 yards and two touchdowns. David Montgomery, who had a great game in week one, rushed for 108 yards, 16 carries. First Bears running back to rush for 100 or more yards in a season opener since Matt Forte did it in Green Bay in 2015. Montgomery now has a streak of seven consecutive regular season games with a touchdown dating back to week 12 of the 2020 season. And that was news and nuggets. Now my conversation with Fox 32's Lou Canellis. Now joining me on the podcast is Lou Canellis from Fox 32, a sports anchor, host of Bears Game Day Live, Bears Game Night Live. Lou, appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Hey, good to, good to talk to you, Kevin, always. Let's start with Justin Fields, Andy Dalton. That uh, seems to be what everybody's talking about, whether it's locally, nationally. Um, your thoughts on how they've handled the quarterback situation? Are you one of these people that uh, believe it should be Justin Fields and it's a no-doubter and he gives them a better shot, or do you like the plan they have in place so far? I like the plan they have in place so far. I really do. I'm not sure that putting Fields in one play at a time would have been the move I would have made as head coach, but I'm a radio TV broadcaster, not a head coach. And, you know, according to Matt Nagy this week, 
This isn't something that they just, you know, are playing with off the cuff. This is the plan. And if the plan is to give him, I just, here, here's Kevin, what I, what I have a tough time with. Number one, I was glad he played five snaps. Number two, obviously they're following the plan to a T because when you have him in there and he comes up with a nine-yard completion and then is in the best position, in my opinion, is your best option to keep in at quarterback and possibly either call a running play, a quarterback sneak into the end zone when you've got the ball that deep inside the red zone, or maybe you do you know, the run-pass option. I think you're better off with fields at that point. But, you know, Nagy said it this week that he had a plan and that they were going to follow the plan. And in this case, at least on that first, you know, set of downs, it cost them because, you know, you've got the uh, penalty on Cole Komet and, uh, and then you end up, you know, throwing the interception, which was not good. Uh, it did not work out in their favor. And, and frankly, I think that, you know, it set the tone for the game because as a fan, you're like, oh, you know, same old Bears, here we go again. They get in the red zone and they can't punch it in. Yeah, to me, I get, you know, it almost just feels like, you know, they have a couple different projects going on at the same time. It's like developing Justin Fields, trying to win games, and then there's the fine line of when do you put Justin Fields in without breaking up any rhythm the offense may have built but you're you're on board with this though right Lou I mean you you think what they're doing is the right plan yeah I from the get-go I didn't think that starting Justin Fields game one was the right move I just didn't even if you think he's even if you thought that Justin Fields won the quarterback competition during the preseason I still felt that Andy Dalton was the right guy to start the regular season obviously the plan that Nagy and Pace had prior to the season has changed a bit because Fields has come along faster than they thought he would come along. I think that they thought he might have a tougher time learning defenses, learning second and third options, struggles that they went through with Mitchell Trubisky that they just haven't seen with Fields, at least through three preseason games. And they're, and we heard it from Bill Lazor, offensive coordinator, this week. I think that everyone combined has said, wow, this kid is ready now. I also appreciate, and I don't hear this talked enough, listen, there was a commitment made to Andy Dalton, and the commitment was you're our starting quarterback. Because I know that Dalton asked that question before he signed the deal with the Bears. Forget about that he got $10.5 million. Forget about that he made $2 million in Dallas last year. The money aside, there was a commitment made by this front office to this guy that he would be the starting quarterback. And don't forget, it's not only about Andy Dalton. If there are other potential free agents out there, Kevin, and Andy Dalton's agent, or Andy Dalton for that matter, goes back and says, yeah, don't trust Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy. They'll tell you one thing, and then once the season starts, something else will happen. That's just not good business, all right? Even if Fields won the quarterback competition, and there's no one out there that can sit and tell me with a straight face that Fields, without a doubt, was so much greater than Andy Dalton during the preseason. So the fact that they started Dalton in week one, the fact that they're starting Dalton for the home opener on Sunday, I'm okay with now, in two weeks, if Dalton doesn't play well at home on Sunday, if he struggles next week in Cleveland, uh, 
If he has a difficult time in Wake Forest, then yeah. Then bring in the other guy. And no one can say, well, they made a promise to Dalton that they reneged on. They gave him the chance. It didn't work out just like it didn't work out with Trubisky and what they went to Nick Foles in week three or week four last year, I think you could see that happen with Fields. I think that's a great point, Lou, and I I agree. I don't think enough people are are talking about it. I know it does come down to wins and losses and who gives you a better shot to win, but like part of it is the optics, right? To your point, like you gave the guy $10 million, you, you, you kind of... It felt like a knee-jerk reaction after missing out on a potential Russell Wilson trade. But still, they, they signed Dalton. The optics of it all would look pretty bad if they pulled the plug on Dalton after week one to go to Justin Fields after promising him $10 million and the starting gig. So I, I think that's a good point, Lou. Dude, I'm telling you, players talk around the league. Agents represent multiple players. If you reneged on a promise you made to one of my clients, well, guess what? I'm not going to trust you the next time you want to talk to my client who's an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And that stuff is real. It's real. It's real in the real world. Yeah. Okay? If, a, if an employer made you a promise when you agreed to go work for him, and then it was time to start the job, and he said, you know what? I changed my mind. You'd be upset. The Mike Glennon situation doesn't hold here. He was so bad, the world knew that there needed to be a change. Andy Dalton has not done anything in the preseason or at least through week one where he's been so bad that this organization needs to make a change right now. No, that would not be the right move today. Yeah, and it's very clear that a lot of people hollering for Justin Fields to start, they just simply want to see Fields and they don't want to wait. Uh, I think that's more of the fan perspective of it all. But, you know, I thought offensively against... They're they're the same... Kevin, they're the the same people who, after week one, have thrown in the towel (laughs) and said, the season's a wash. (laughs) Really? Is the season a wash in Green Bay? Is Is the season a wash in Cleveland? Is the season... I mean, there are other teams that lost week one and looked far worse than the Bears did. Let's Listen, I, I, no one, I, let, let me set the record st- straight. I work on Fox. I'm the biggest Bears fan you're going to meet. So no one's more upset that they lost by 20 in the opener. But they did not look that bad. All right? Offer a couple of bad mistakes. If you want to be mad, take your anger out instead of on Matt Nagy or on Ryan Pace. Take it out on Eddie Jackson, who got $58.4 million after two Pro Bowl seasons and hasn't delivered since then. The offense moved the ball last week. Come on, man. The defense made some bad plays out there. All valid. I'm with you. And look, I mean, if you want to talk about personnel moves and starting and benching players, like Eddie Jackson doesn't figure things out. Like Matt Nagy should really consider some sort of message being sent to Eddie Jackson. Bench him for a series, bench him for something. Because Eddie Jackson is not the player that the Bears gave that big deal to. He's not what he was a couple of years ago. I think he still has the talent to be that safety, a guy they gave a lot of money and committed to, but he, he just does not look like himself out there, Lou. Let me throw two things at you. Number one, Kevin, because you follow this team as much as I do. The last two seasons, they finished up mediocre, 8-8, eight and eight, went through two other worst losing streaks in years. Hell, last year's was as bad as, I, I think, in 18 years, the six-game skit. He has never, Matt Nagy has never lost the locker room because he has not called out his players to the media. What happens behind closed doors at Hallis Hall, we are not privy to, 
frankly, it's not our business. The day of Mike Ditka running on the sidelines, ranting and raving, getting in front of microphones, and ripping his players, that doesn't happen anymore. Okay, so if you're looking for that type of emotion, then you should listen to OB and Hamp and Mark Harmon on WGN after games. <laughs> that style, it doesn't work. So if you're looking for that, my suggestion is listen to the postgame show on GN. <laughs> so, so when people say, oh, he didn't hold Eddie Jackson accountable, how do you know? Do you want him to bench Eddie Jackson? If he had depth in the secondary, maybe he would. We can't even find a nickelback right now to play the position well. They're in a tough position. They're so thin on the defensive back end, they can't afford to make an example of Eddie Jackson and sit him or to Sean Gibson for not touching a guy who they should have touched that you learned in peewee football. If it happens again, I assure you of this, Eddie Jackson will be benched. It won't happen again. Let's hope not. That was uh, not a good look for the Bears' defense and Eddie Jackson and Gibson, but uh, that's it, the whole thing was strange, head-scratching. But um, y- you brought up the performance of the offense against the Rams, and look, I thought they moved the ball fairly well. I thought the biggest takeaway bright spot from that game was the uh, effectiveness of the run game and David Montgomery. I I had my expectations for this offensive line were low, Lou, and there's still some serious question marks at left tackle with the injuries uh, building up. But, you know, I think for the most part, they only got 14 points, but this is a top-ranked defense. I thought there were some encouraging drives and moments from the offense in that game. Come on, Kevin. It was the number one ranked defense a year ago. They were third best against the run. They've got the game's top game record. In their secondary, they've got the game's best cornerback. Okay? And let me go back to the start of our talk here. They score on that first drive, and there's a different way of playing because now you're even with the Rams. Okay, you blew an opportunity, and against that Rams team, you just can't, you're not that good against the Rams to miss out and throw a red zone interception like Dalton did. It just set a bad tone. I thought the offense, for the most part, was pretty damn good. 24, 25 first downs, all right? Um, I'm trying to think back now. They moved the ball in the Rams' territory on their first seven possessions, okay, all the way into the middle of the third quarter. They punted once in the football game. They didn't have any three-and-punts. They had five series that were seven plays or more. They moved the football against the league's best defense last season. That hasn't been talked about enough. Did they throw the football downfield enough? No. Do I think they learned a lesson because of their offensive line? Yes. My expectation is because Cincinnati invested a hell of a lot of money in their defensive line this offseason. Last year, Cincinnati's defense was last in the NFL with only 17 quarterback sacks. They had three sacks of Kirk Cousins last week, seven quarterback pressures. So it's a different defensive line in Cincinnati. So the Bears have to be ready, but I think that what they learned is let's keep an extra tight end, tight end in to help block. You'll probably see more of J.P. Holtz. You'll see a lot of two 
tight end sets. And let's throw the football down the field. Allen Robinson doesn't have to worry about battling uh, Jalen Ramsey on every play this uh, game. I think you'll see Mooney stretch the field. You'll see Goodwin, who was outspoken this week about the play calling. You'll see Goodwin, I think, stretch the field. You may see this team take more advantage of its speed. But it all starts with something you brought up, the running game. And the running game was solid, man, week one. Mm-hmm. They moved the football under David Montgomery. And don't forget, the last six games of last season, the Bears ran the football effectively. Montgomery, those last six games, rushed for 598 yards, over five yards a carry. So they carried over from last season. If you can get Montgomery going early against Cincinnati, suddenly your play-action pass works. Yeah, and we've heard from, you know, Allen Robinson this week and Jimmy Graham both talked about how they do think they'll have more one-on-one matchups. The Bengals like to play more of a man, less of a zone like the Rams did. Uh, Could create some opportunities for one-on-one victories from guys like Robinson uh, or Mooney or Graham or Komet. So I I do think they're going to take some shots down the field. And, you know, part of the the game plan last week was, was pretty obvious, right? Get the ball out of Andy Dalton's hands quick, and hopefully the receivers can make some moves, get some, some, uh, yards after the catch so the the game plan overall I thought was there it was just a matter of putting uh, points on the board so I'll ask you one more Justin Fields related question he got five snaps in the opener how many do you you think he gets Sunday at Soldier I did a commentary on Fox this morning I said I want five series and I'm serious I want to see him play a series give him an opportunity out there and if they're moving the football leave him out there But I think it's tough to get a kid into a rhythm. Listen, he's played on the highest level, on the collegiate level. So nothing phases him. Home opener in front of the fans for the first time since December of 2019. Playing in L.A. immediately. Comes out swinging and flings that nine-yard completion. Let the kid put a series together and see if he can move the football. I would like to see him play five series, okay? If that are, are, are five Five, five series. I didn't say five drives, five series. No. If they're moving the football in that series, keep them out there. If they're not, then you bring Dalton back. But I want to see him get some more playing time, and I think that this would be a great opportunity at home, home crowd behind him. Don't have to worry about crowd noise. Weather's going to be great, going to be hot out there, but no field problems. I think that You know, I could see him double his and triple the amount of snaps he gets in this football game opposed to what we saw in L.A. Fans are going to go wild Sunday when he enters the game. It's going to be such a great atmosphere with the fans back at Soldier Field. When he goes in, we know how much the fans want to see Justin Fields. It's going to be something. But the fans want to see the Bears win and move the football too, Captain. Mm -hmm. So if he doesn't move the football and Andy Dalton comes out on the next set of of downs, moves the football, scores a touchdown, just get the guy out there and give him a chance. And if it works out, great. If not, let Dalton do his work and see if you're better off with Dalton. I'm not against what the Bears are trying right now. If Dalton struggles, different story. If they end up 0 for their first four games, then now you're you know you're playing in that well what do we have to lose scenario, then play the kid more, but for now I think that they're playing it the right way. 
You're making me feel a lot better about the Bears, Lou. It seems like all week, uh, whether it was on uh, social media or TV, there was somebody going on a rant about how Justin Fields should start, and it's a slam dunk, no question, he should be in there. I think You brought some good perspective here, Lou, and I, it makes me feel better about this team. <laughs> I just, here, man, I'm 57. <laughs> I've been a season ticket holder since I've been four years old. So I've seen enough of the Bob Avellini days out there to realize how bad it could be. Okay, the Craig Frenzo, Jonathan Quinn, Mike Lennon days. It ain't nowhere there, nowhere near that bad. Let's just be patient. They lost a game against a team that a lot of people have going to the Super Bowl. Okay, that's a really good team over there. I thought that the Rams, number one, I thought the defense would play better. They didn't. Khalil Mack, we're paying you a lot of money. Get to the quarterback. I don't want to hear excuses. Okay, Eddie Jackson, do the job. The guys on defense didn't do the job last week. And the guys on offense, two crucial mistakes, okay, that cost them. Two bad turnovers. I don't think they're that far from turning things around. Man, call me a week from now. If they get blown out by Cincinnati, everything I said goes in the garbage can that I'm completely wrong. Then they're in worse then they're in worse shape than I thought they were. But I'm not down on the Bears right now. I love it. Can I get a uh, score prediction for Sunday, Lou? So, I'll tell you what I said on Fox. I think the Bears move the football. I think they cover. Last uh, last number I saw was Bears minus three. So, I'm going to stick with the Bears giving up the three. And I think that they put 30-plus on Cincinnati. All right. I like this, Lou. You've got me uh, excited about this one. I was a little bit down on them and you know, I'm feeling feeling better about the Bears. Hey, before I let you go, uh, let's plug the restaurants. How many of them are there now? It seems like every day there's a new Avli popping up. I'll tell you what. This was supposed to, Kevin, I did this Avli Greek restaurant project. It's just a hobby. And you've been, and I appreciate your support, you've been to the restaurant that we opened the first in Lincoln Park on the corner of Wrightwood and Wayne little 52-seat restaurant that I thought I could have fun with after uh, my TV radio career. I have a three-year-old daughter, so, you know, it's not like I can go retire anytime soon. And um, it, it it was so well-received in Lincoln Park that we opened up in River North on Wells and Huron and now here in Lakeshore East, and it's been terrific. And um, we may have some news pretty soon about doing something in a market close to Chicago, with a sports individual who's got a world-renowned brand, mm. and I don't want to—I don't want to give it away yet. But it's exciting times. I'm having fun with it, and as I tell someone, if we were struggling, uh, and I was the only guy in the restaurant, the only guy at my party, that would—that uh, would be difficult to deal with. But you know, business has been great, even through these difficult times for restaurant tours. So every night I go to the restaurant, I feel like I'm part of the party, and. Uh, it, it, it's because of a great partner, a great staff that we have at all our restaurants, and the continued support of Chicagoans, which will I always be appreciative of. Well, it, it, I'm not just saying this because Lou's on the podcast. I've been uh, multiple times, and it's delicious Greek food. Good spot to go after a game. I'll say that, Lou. Watch the game and head over. Well, to we're right down the street from. Yep, we're right down the street from Soldier Field. So if anyone listens, we're over at 180 Field Drive in Lakeshore East, right by the WGN Studios. It's called Avli on the Park. 
in the Lakeshore East neighborhood, so please come by after Sunday's game. Check it out, folks. Lou Canella, see him on Fox 32 all day Sunday, Bears game day live, Bears game night live after the game. Always good stuff. Lou, I really appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Thanks, man. Kevin, anytime, man. Love doing it. That's going to do it for episode number three of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you to Luke Canellis of Fox 32 for joining me as well. bears Bengals Sunday at noon at Soldier Field. We'll have a post-game podcast posted at some point a Sunday afternoon following the game. I'll give you my reaction. Hopefully we're talking about a Bears victory. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.